listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're closing up our series on the 2019 offseason divisional deep dives with the NFC West. So, as always, you're joined by your hosts, Bob and Dan. Dan, I know we both talked before. It sounds like we've uh, got a busy couple of days ahead of us. But yeah, no up? kidding, man. What up, Bob? How are you living? <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to be living in a different house here in about 48 hours. <laughs> well, that's good news. That's exciting news. Yeah, it's exciting, but it's weird. Yeah, so uh, and as you guys probably know, we had to delay last week because I was packing for a move. And this Friday, we actually move out of the house. We've owned for 11 years now. So, yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird doing the last episode here before we uh call it uh quits at least in this house not for the podcast but for our house here have you gotten a uh, area designated that you want to uh kind of you know use as your uh recording studio to you know keep this thing going or what oh yeah i'll go down into the basement of where we're staying at and and find a corner of the room there that that won't stop me at all so not too worried about that. It's so Command like, Central will still be be there and be available. Oh yeah, it's just it's funny. <laughs> I, I have to apologize. People are probably going to hear stuff in the background. We literally have like zero furniture in this house as we're getting ready to move. <laughs> so everything echoes in this house. So if you hear some sweeping in the background or hear somebody walking, unfortunately, there's not much I could do about it. We have nothing to eat up the sound upstairs. So. Right. So yeah, you got some in-laws coming in for the weekend. Yeah, I got the whole crew making the trip in to celebrate the holiday. Making the what? The trip. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. kind of fitting. We're talking about the old uh, uh, NFC West right now, considering uh, the big news coming out of the division. Somebody got paid big time, Bobby. Russie's going to be Bang. driving any size bussy he wants to after this payday. <laughs> that's, that's very true, Bob. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because, uh, yeah, I had his uh, information pulled up on Roto World ready to uh, discuss about the timing of this topic and how that all fell into place. So you were right there with me. So, yeah, Russell Wilson, four years, $140 million extension through 2023, $65 million signing bonus with 107 million in total guarantees, aka the highest paid player in the NFL. Uh, and well deserved, frankly. Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of the one thing I saw on Roto World when they were saying, you know, they were kind of given the details of the uh, deal and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the one thing they pointed out was he's he's the most under underused and underappreciated player in the NFL. Now, uh, underused, I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, and definitely, not, I'm not going to say he's underappreciated at this point. Um but I don't think he actually gets enough credit for what he does for this team, considering, you know, without him, there's not really much else there. I mean, Chris Carson had a pretty nice season this past year, but right. um, Doug Baldwin it, struggling Doug for injuries, Baldwin struggling. Yeah. And, but Tyler Lockett had a nice year, right? Uh, you know, touchdown totals were there where, you know, you didn't really expect that coming from him, but um so do you think with this payday they want basically a to a run first and run often team last year do you think they put it more back into russell's hands after you pay him this much money or do you think they still try and run the ball as much as possible uh, i still think they're gonna run the ball uh i think it, they had a lot of success last year right and ultimately i, I think it, a lot of it will also kind of depend on what kind of personnel they get uh in the draft um it, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go tight end or receiver um, just to give Russell Wilson more weapons than he already has because, frankly, he needs them. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if Tyler Lockett's the long-term answer to the um, you know, the wide receiver questions in there in Seattle. I mean, Doug Baldwin has had great seasons, but at the same time, uh, you, you know, he's, he's getting banged up more often than not now yeah he's been really uh, banged up i mean i'm not going to be surprised if they get some weapons for him but also i mean chris carson showed 
exactly what I expected last season uh, in terms of going into the fantasy season. Underappreciated uh, and a nice fantasy producer, a nice finish this year. Um, so I, I don't think you can kind of discount what Carson brings uh, to the table, frankly. Yeah, and then you know with, with and getting, Richard Penny. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say with getting rid of Mike Davis, uh, who signed with the Bears. I mean, you're looking at a one-two punch of Penny, who they drafted in the first round last year. And like you said, penny punch. (laughs) Touche on that one. That was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I still think they run more than they pass. And the question is, can Russell Wilson produce fantasy-wise and be as efficient as he was this past season? We'll talk about him, obviously, in a little bit uh, more detail. I've I've got some stats on that. I mean, he was uber-efficient with touchdown passes. And that's something that's unsustainable, but... I mean, this guy's been a force since the day he took over from, remember, Matt Flynn was supposed to be the quarterback there? Oh, yeah. Jeez. That seems like so long ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, Russell deserved to get paid. Took them to two Super Bowls, won one. In theory, should have won two if they would have just gave Marshawn Lynch the ball. But Right. Oh, gosh. Sometimes I forget that even. (laughs) Yep. We could have used that one here in Pittsburgh there, Russie. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Speaking of that, Dan, before we get into the NFC West, schedules just got released. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers got a little bit of a doozy there. Um, yeah. Starts off I mean, with it's... the Patriots on Sunday night, who uh, basically have owned us. Then the Seattle oh, team. God. They, these They do play the NFC uh, West, but listen to this stretch from Week 5 on. So Week 5, Baltimore. Week 6, Chargers. 7, by. Week 8, Dolphins. There's a little breather. 9, the Colts. 10, the Rams. 11, the Browns. 12, the Bengals. 13, the Browns. That's a doozy right there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's rough. That is rough, man. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah. You just look at that. You're like, boy. It, I mean, does, it he, isn't until week 14 where it gets a little softer with Cardinals, right. Bills, and then the Jets. So, Le'Veon Bell coming – or no, it is. it looks like it is at New York. So, Le'Veon Bell playing the Steelers for the first time. Um, so I think you know after all the trauma in the off season so far um, I I think a lot of people are kind of expecting our team to kind of you know fall apart here so I mean and and I've heard this somewhere else you know it's a situation where you know um, we've never really been underdogs before right and we've got a little bit of an underdog streak going because uh, I, I think people are gonna be like, oh, they lost their two best best players. Uh, you know, they're not going to be able to, you know, sustain the same level of greatness that they've had before. Uh, and you know, geez, it's going to be tough looking at the schedule, frankly. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I've got, I, I obviously have got faith in in the team and stuff like that, but. Uh, boy, that's not a very favorable schedule to us at all. Yeah, so it should be interesting. I just wanted to bring it up because I just saw it right before we jumped on here. So uh, we'll definitely look at that a little further as uh, the season comes along here because obviously teams that were good last year doesn't indicate that they'll be good again the, the following year. But And there's always surprises. Uh, and there's a lot of hype around one team coming into this offseason so we'll kind of see how that all plays out yeah we get the browns twice within basically a three-week period so yeah that's one of those games where i i would like to be present at but i'm a little bit scared of going towards the stadium (laughs) frankly uh because uh you know that that really there's a grid possibility that we're leaving there uh not necessarily as the as the winning team. Are, are you scared enough to hug a tire near a cemetery? I'm terrified. <laughs> our, only our close friends will get that one. We don't have to go into too much detail about that. That's real inside right there. So, so Dan, yeah, before uh, we get in, anything else uh, football-wise you want to discuss? Uh, any news that we might have looked over that uh, you want to discuss any further? No, let's dive in, man. Let's do this. Yeah, so the way this works, uh, for those that haven't followed or or listened before or anybody that's coming back after a while, um, what we do is we look into each division. We'll rank the offenses. We'll give the best running back, wide receiver, tight end. Rank the quarterbacks. Rank the defenses. 
talk about potential biggest breakout and end with the biggest need for each team. So, Dan, go ahead and rank your overall offenses for the NFC West. Uh, overall offenses. So, it, I think what I do when I look at these things is – you know, do you have somewhere in every position that's of fantasy significance that I can see production out of? Uh, in this division, uh, I think the overall best just options in terms of fantasy depth and fantasy production has to be the Rams, right? Easily uh, to me. It's Goff. It's Gurley. It's a it's a three set of wideouts that are playing outstanding. Uh, fantasy wise I think that you know this is a team where all of those wide receivers I I think everyone appreciates Brandon Cooks' talent Uh, I think everyone kind of knows what Cooper Cup brings to the table I think one of the most underrated receivers in fantasy is frankly Robert Woods Uh, I mean he just gets lost in the shuffle I think with any all the big names out there but he's so darn consistent and he has so many uh, I mean he 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 produces week in week out right numbers uh i I think this is a division i kind of going through this thinking there's a lot of underrated guys in this division there's a lot of guys who are good fantasy producers who put up big numbers who people are just like yeah i guess i'll take robert woods you know what i mean it's like but you're getting a solid player it's a solid player these are the types of guys that you need to sneak in later in rounds because they don't have the big name kind of attached to the talent level uh, to win yourself leagues. I mean, these guys like Robert Woods. Um, So L.A. was number one. Uh, Number two was Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson, I I think, puts that team above and beyond the other two teams in the division. Yep. Chris Carson is a a solid back. We're going to I think we're going to see a lot more out of Rashard Penny this season if we don't chris carson can carry the load so the running games there uh i think what the only thing that this team is really missing is and i'll we'll talk about this later is just a a wide receiver is going to push them over the top i mean i like doug baldwin uh he's got good fantasy production he's getting a little long in the tooth uh long in the tooth (laughs) he's got a real long tooth Tyler Lockett is is a very nice player, somebody who I really like a lot, but not necessarily somebody who um, screams a wide receiver one. Yeah, and is not necessarily super reliable. Uh, Nobody really there at the tight end position that kind of interests me or excites me. Uh, So that's why they come in at number number two. Uh, Number three uh, is San Francisco, and. It's San Francisco because there's San Francisco hype, and I like the players better than what's going on in Arizona. Right. Uh, I've got Jimmy G going back, coming back. I guess we'll see what happens with him if if he can. You know, if it's going to be the Jimmy G that everyone thinks you're getting, you you might be in a good situation. Uh, but I, I I think this is a situation where you don't really know what you're going to get. He's had okay seasons as the backup, uh, but he he's not necessarily ever shown. Uh, but for half of a season two years ago, uh, kind of what he's going to be able to do for a full NFL term as a starting cornerback. Quarterback. Uh, wide receivers, I think there's talent there. I think there's a big talent there who could break out this year. Um, but you you need to see what happens. And then re- there needs to be Jimmy G there. Right. They've got the one of the best tight ends in the league and George Kittle, although I'm not necessarily a Kittle truther like most of the people that we know. Uh, I, I think, frankly, that there, there could be a bit of an anomaly thing. If he puts it together this season, it's a it's a it's a dead bang winner. Uh, and it's a bet I'm willing to take in a weak, weak, weak position. Uh, and, and then let's just look at Arizona. Uh, we have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. I would. It's not going to be Josh Rosen because they're trying to shop him. I would be shocked if he's even on the team after the draft because I think it's a, it's a matter of time before they find somebody who's going to want to invest in you know one more year or a couple years of Josh Rosen. Uh, you've got Larry Fitzgerald and you've got David Johnson. 
Uh, you got Ricky Seals Jones, but you know, it all, let's be honest, it all starts and ends with the quarterback. And, and that's a huge question mark. It's either going to be, and it's probably going to be another rookie going right. into next season, which is going to, I mean, we saw what happened with David Johnson this past year with a rookie QB in uh, half of Sam Bradford. Uh, I, I mean, now you're getting probably Kyler Murray in there potentially. Uh, not necessarily very high hopes for the offense overall. Yeah, Dan. I mean, uh, we agree completely. I've got the Rams at one. They were the number two overall offense last year, second in yards, second in points per game, third in rushing yards, fifth in passing yards. So they were really exceptional everywhere. No real holes in the offense. Maybe the tight end, but I mean, in all honesty, do they really need the tight end to dominate? Not necessarily. And I think Gerald Everett has has the opportunity to have some nice games too. You know right. what I mean? It, it's not a matter where uh, you know you think that oh, Gerald Everett, you know, is is. is, is I mean, he had nice games last season, so there's potential there. Right. I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to consistently trans, you know, add up to, you know, fantasy production, but the potential's there. Yeah. And I, I think when you have the rest of the offense there, uh, the potential is going to just continuously be there because you can't keep track of everybody. Yep. Yeah, and uh, my notes sort of echoed yours too. Have three deadly wide receivers with Cooks, Cup, and Woods. If they get production from the tight end, it's going to put them over the top. And really, Gurley needs to be healthy and this for this offense to completely click. So that's something to pay attention to uh, as well. Um, two, yeah, Seahawks. And the offense changed completely from relying on Russell to leveraging a run-heavy attack led by Chris Carson. Like you said, you called him earlier, uh, like around this time when we really started last year and you were on him the whole yeah. time and it paid off there. So, yeah. Um, Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league who was ultra efficient. His TD percentage was 8.2%. We'll talk about that in a little more detail as where that stands uh, in the history of quarterback play. Uh, the team led the league in rushing yards with a little over 2,500 uh, rushing yards, 2,560 to be exact. And wide, re- wide receiver core, a little bit of flux. Uh, Lockett showed he's ready to step up. Can Doug Baldwin be healthy? Who's the tight end? Those are some questions I have there. Right. 49ers have a ton of really good running backs, but can any of them be great? Uh, and really, who's going to be the guy? There's Tevin Coleman, McKinnon, Breda, Wilson, Mostert. I mean... That's a lot, and it sounds like they're not necessarily moving on from any of them. So you've got five running backs who can vulture off of each other. Uh, you said it best. Jimmy uh, Garoppolo needs to show that he could be healthy. We'll, we'll talk about him when we get more uh, in-depth into the quarterbacks. Uh, George Kittle, like you said, discussion is the best tight end in the game, and it sounds like he might uh, have given a teaser. But my note is, can Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin shoulder the wide receiver responsibilities? That's going to be a question to look forward to uh, for the 49ers. And Cardinals, my number one bullet point, who's the quarterback? Uh, just don't know that. It sounds like it'll be right. Kyler Murray, like you said, but uh, that question looms as of today as we're recording. Um, David Johnson, to me, still one of the best dual threat, uh, complete running backs in the game. In what might have been one of the worst offenses in the league last year, he still finished with 940 rush uh, yards, 50 yeah. receptions, 446 receiving yards, 10 total touchdowns. Um, I think it's only going to get better. I don't see it really. If that's his floor, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Uh, if sure. I wait on running back, maybe until the second round. Um Larry Fitz showed he could still get it done with 69 uh, receptions, 734 yards, six touchdowns. But, uh, I mean, you saw what he does. When he plays with even a good quarterback, he can still dominate. When he plays with lacking quarterbacks, this is where his stat lines can take a step back. So that's not all on him. The quarterbacks have to step up there. Um, Correct. Then a guy I'm going to talk about later is Christian Kirk, ready to step up uh, for this offense to – uh, maybe stabilize for the future here. So, yeah, Cardinals to me, you're you're gonna see them really lacking in in all my categories here today. So, I, I just it's it's just like a team that's rebuilding, right? In, in my opinion, and, right. you know, it's uh, I just don't see them being in a situation where um, like I, I'm very excited about who they've got. Other than David Johnson, right, and even last year, David Johnson was just such a down year for him. I mean, people were taking him in like this, you know, this as the second pick sometimes in, in fantasy drafts, and, and 
boy, he did not produce at that level. He produced uh, as a back end running back one when you expect him to be producing as the number one running back, right, which is absolutely. tough in that draft when you're paying that draft capital. So that that can set you back because depending ten or twelve team leagues, you're waiting. 20 picks or so until your second pick so you're losing right. out on a lot of that other elite top end talent and when when he doesn't play like a top three type of fantasy running back it's gonna hurt you so um dan let's move on to best running back in mine um until it is known that it's definitely an issue for me it's todd Gurley. Um, touchdown toddy yeah, I mean, my notes on him, arthritis in the knees, definitely something to pay attention to, but sounds like he's not overly concerned, and if he's healthy, he's obviously the best in the game. Um, Are you worried at all about his, uh, you know, plan? I mean, let's, let's call it a, a playoff kind of dud. Uh, I think he was just, just hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess here, we'll, we'll talk, I'll, I'll lay out the stats. I mean, this is how much work this guy's been getting. Getting, He's played 58 games. Plus, remember, he had Jeff Fisher as his coach for, I believe, two of those seasons. <laughs> right. In 58 games, he has 56 total touchdowns. Over the past two seasons, here are his averages. So when he's right, this is how dominant this guy is. Uh, we'll just say 268 rushes, 1,278 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, 84 targets, 61.5 receptions, 684 yards, 5 touchdowns. So his average over the past two seasons, just a hair under 2,000 combined yards at 1,962 and 20 touchdowns per season. That's how Dang. dominant that guy is. Right. So, I mean, the the injury you have to pay attention to, but as somebody who's drafting in the uh, back end of our league of record, if this guy somehow slips, I'm scooping him up and rolling the dice that that injury is not as bad as it is because if, if not, I mean, there's 2,000 yards and 20 TDs pretty much falling into your lap right there. Yeah, I don't see him slipping. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all based on the injury to me. Right. Um, yeah. But I personally, uh, until until more news comes out that says he's going to miss time or anything like that, I, I just right. I'm not overly concerned right now. I'm paying attention, but not overly concerned. Sure. So who's your best running back? I'm assuming we agree. Yeah, it's touchdown Toddy. Uh, Ralphie you know, Talvdi. I mean, it will. You know, oh, oh, almost 1,300 yards rushing last season, 17 TDs, uh, four TDs receiving, uh, 500-yard games, uh, and then that massive game of over 200 yards and two touchdowns. I, I mean, the, this is what he brings to the table week in, week out. He's a focal point of the offense. Uh, I think this season you saw him do a lot of catching out the backfield too. Um, so uh, to me, it, it, it's not even close in this division. Uh, it, and frankly, he's, I mean, he was so, he was fantasy gold all the way through the regular season. I mean, it, it was a situation where everyone who doubted him two years ago, uh, you know, me included, who will never live down the, yeah. the ridicule yeah. I rained on, on B-Rad for picking Todd Gurley uh, <laughs> in the second round. In the second round, saying, "Oh, God, it's a disaster of a fantasy pick." And I mean, I don't even—I I was saying just some of the stupidest things I've ever said in my life. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna blame time. a little bit of alcohol on that one. Yeah, too. it was the dumbest thing I've ever said, uh, and it's a situation where uh, there's no more doubt from me this guy's got so much talent and the other thing is is now he's surrounded by fantastic skill position players has a spectacular has a good not say spectacular but good quarterback and a coach who knows how to use him correctly right uh you know in in a exciting offense so i'm 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 buying all in on Todd Gurley. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that the injury is not necessarily going to, you know, take any more steam out of his step there. Right, exactly. So, Dan, let's move on to the best wide receiver. I think we're going to have the same team. It's just which player. So, who who is your best wide receiver in this division? Uh, this was tough. This this was tough because basically what it boiled down to is which of the Rams do I like? Right, exactly. Uh, it, and to me, it's it's Brandon Cooks and. Um, and it's close because Robert Woods had a better season than he did. Um, and I think it's a situation, frankly, to me that 
I just see more of a deep threat from Brandon Cooks. I, I yep. see more of big play potential out of Brandon Cooks. Uh, don't get me wrong, Robert Woods is extremely solid. I mean, I was just talking to him, talking about him not too long ago. Uh, you know, saying how underrated he is, and he is absolutely underrated. I just feel like Cooks, you're going to get a bigger more bang for your buck you know what i mean right like you're gonna get 100 you're gonna get 100 yard games with robert woods but i don't think you're getting 65 yard touchdown catches i i i i I just feel like i get more kind of potential out of brandon cooks in terms of fantasy production love the big play threat that he always has had in his back pocket there so yeah dan for me it was it was i agree with you completely it's brandon cooks for me as well it's just it's I mean if you look at last season Robert Woods had 86 receptions 1,219 yards and 6 touchdowns Brandon Cooks 80 receptions 1,204 yards 5 touchdowns I mean they're both kind of right there um, and if Cooper Cup's healthy he's he he's probably right would have I mean too. yeah I mean he, he was playing like I think a top 3 type of wide receiver before he went down yeah, which is why I traded for him. And then, of course, he had a horrible knee injury. Right. Craig. Uh, Was that the great yeah, trade? Yeah, Craig's Yeah. Ugh. I might ever never trade with him again. It, it dashes my hopes of any kind of fantasy victory. <laughs> or it might just be my team. Or if know, you but... if you do trade with him, the kicker is pay up the bet, Craig. That's part of your yeah, trade. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to, I mean, in, in a league where you get – bonus points for big plays i think the picks gotta be uh brandon cooks yeah my notes are to me the guy's the most underappreciated wide receiver one in fantasy he always finishes in that back end and people just don't give him the credit that i think he deserves i mean you're getting a top 12 type of wide receiver every year since right since 2015 he's been over a hundred thousand um, hundred thousand that would be monstrous one thousand <laughs> receiving yards every single year since 2015 one thing I like about him doesn't necessarily show up uh, as a stat uh, in fantasy, but he's played every game since then, so he's durable. So he's always yep. out there, which, you know, he's not the biggest wide receiver, but um, he's always in there. So availability helps produce those fantasy points. And here's his averages since 2015. This is spread over three different teams. Saints, Patriots, Rams. 119 targets, 77 receptions, 1,149 yards, a little over seven touchdowns. He's at basically 15 yards per catch. So big playability, over 1,000 yards, and right around seven to eight touchdowns. So, um... I mean, yeah, to me, I've said it for a while now, uh, and I always voice it on Twitter when um, I get tagged in something uh, uh, on our account here that he's uh, involved in. More than likely, I'm picking him because, to me, he's the most underappreciated wide receiver one in fantasy. So I'll keep beating that drum for this guy. So, uh, But really, you could come to me and say Robert Woods. You could come to me and say Cooper Cup, and I could agree with you on any three of those, which is really amazing that they got – Three, really three of those good. guys on the same team. Right. I guess my question is: is do you do you see that as something that's going to be sustainable? Like, do you believe that they'll be able to keep these keep that kind of crew of wide receivers together? It's tough to do that these days. Extremely difficult. Play, to do that playing these days. well, yes. Once the contract situations come up, it's going to get tough for them. Right. I mean, you said it. This coach knows how to run an offense, so he'll, yeah. he'll get everybody to produce. I mean, you had a monster running back producing. You had Cup pretty much on pace for like 15 or 14 touchdowns without looking I mean, at there the was stats. That, I mean, it was that, that mon- on that Monday night shootout, Cooper Cup was like dominating fantasy games by himself. Right. So, I mean, there is absolutely, you know, the you know enough of action in this offense to keep everybody happy i think yeah i agree so you get any piece really of this offense down to the contracts yeah you get any piece of this offense you, you're going to be happy going into next year for sure damn best tight end i don't even really think it's that difficult it's george kittle <laughs> yeah yeah no it's not it's not difficult it is george kittle yeah uh just kind of came out of nowhere, right? I, I mean i don't think i mean he was on some people's radar yeah as a breakout um, possibility 
but it's just uh, someone who I th- I think I don't think really many people expected to put up the numbers he did. Now I get it, and I'm I'm critical of you know not because I don't think he's a, a talent. I just I don't know if it was it was because of you know the quarterback using him as a safety valve all the time, or is it because it, it's a you know it's a legit type of you know, uh, Gronkowski type situation. Yeah, I mean, here here's the one thing we can't say. I mean, he went through three different quarterbacks last year and yep, set the all time re- uh, receiving yards uh, leader for tight ends of all time. So yeah, almost fourteen hundred yards in a season. That's yeah, he, he finished eighth overall in receiving yards, regardless of wide receiver tight end position. So he had a monster season with. Mediocre quarterback play is probably saying it nicely. Um, right. Here's how much of a jump he made in year two. So he went from 63 targets, 43 receptions, 515 yards, and two touchdowns to 136 targets, 88 receptions, 1377 yards, five touchdowns. Here's the percentage increases that he incurred. 116% increase in targets, 105% increase in receptions, 167% increase in yards, 150% increase in touchdowns. Whoa, that's a that is a jump there, huh? Yeah, so I mean just a tad. Th- this to me could be his best year. Now, where I think he can obviously get better is touchdowns. I think he can score more than five. I think he can get to eight, nine, somewhere in that range. So oh, yeah. I could see a dip in the other stats if they, uh, you know, start feeding Pettis a little bit more. Can Goodwin stay healthy? Do they get another piece in there? They have a bunch of backs that can catch the ball. But where I think he can help himself is is increasing those touchdowns. So right. to me, he's a top three tight end without even thinking about it next year. But um, you know, just some things to think about. This this could have been his career year in, in three-fourths of his stat line. So, Yeah, I mean, he had that massive game. It seems like these this NFC West loves playing the Denver Broncos because right. everybody has just huge games against Denver. Uh, I mean, because he had that 210-yard 200, game, one touchdown uh, against Denver. So uh, to me, uh, it, it also could cut the other way, the fact that, he produced that well with three random quarterbacks. Uh, now you say, oh, wow, we have a legitimate weapon uh, at tight end now. So he's shown what he can do. Now we have a legitimate weapon. Let's feed the beast. So, you know, I, I'm absolutely 100% could be wrong. I mean, I'm the one who said he criticized someone for drafting Todd Gurley two years ago. So let's be <laughs> honest. I mean, I could absolutely be wrong. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think only time will tell here, Bobby. Yeah. Um, so, Dan, let's move on and rank the quarterbacks. I'll go ahead and take the lead on this one. And uh, I'm pretty comfortable. We're going to be pretty much the same. I'm just curious where your one, two is. My one's Russell Wilson, two, Jared Goff, three, Jimmy G, and four, Cardinals. <laughs> I had the same thing. I had, I had one, Russell Wilson, two, uh, Goff, three, Jimmy G, and then whoever's in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much just dot 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 Cardinals. I mean, I was I, I'm looking at the at the numbers from last last season, and I see Russell Wilson. I have written down big contract, and then uh, almost 3,500 yards passing, and then 35 touchdowns. And I was like, geez, those numbers are insane. Uh, and then I looked at Goff's numbers, <laughs> 4,688, <laughs> yeah. 32 touchdowns. Where it came down to me is Goff's increased uh, turnovers. And yep. uh, personally, I think you get, although he has not done it necessarily as much as he used to, because he doesn't necessarily have to do it as much anymore, uh, I think you get the dual threat running um, with Russell Wilson as well. Yeah, I mean, here's here's some stats I have. I have a few bullet points on everybody. Russell Wilson, I sort of tease this. He's 10th all-time in touchdown percentage with 6%. So your top 10 all-time in TDs. So while last year was really high at 8.2%, I mean, he's he's not far off. I mean, he, he could put up a lot of touchdowns right. in very efficient fashion. He doesn't need to be throwing the ball a lot to throw touchdowns. He's been a quarterback one every year uh, Every year he's been in the league, and he's never missed a game in his career, which is insane for the quarterback position. Uh, a little, some concerns, passing yards have gone down each of the last two years, but his efficiency touchdown-wise has been there. So, right. um, To your point, he does offer uh, the rushing ability. It's 
weird though. He didn't get into the end zone rushing last year, which I would expect to change. So I think he right. can help his case even further with uh, getting into the end zone. Um, Jared Goff, monster year passing the ball. You said it, a little under 4,700 yards, 32 touchdowns. Thing that concerned me was he was really hot for the first three quarters of the season, and then when you needed him most in the playoffs, he absolutely stumbled with from weeks 12 to 15, two touchdowns, six interceptions. That's not very good, but not too good. But here's the thing that sort of coincided with when Cup went down. So, a healthy Cup does that. I mean, does his stat line even get better? Does he approach 5,000 and maybe 38 touchdowns at that point? Oh, maybe. That would be crazy. I mean, yeah. So he's somebody I still don't go into this year saying, boy, I really want him on my team. He's probably somebody that if it just fell and I waited, I'd be okay with it. But not somebody I'm necessarily targeting. Um, I'll go over my uh, last two and then throw it back to you for some other feedback. Uh, Jimmy G, his problem is health. He's only started 10 games in the last three years. What about Jimmy G as a breakout this season? What do you think about that one? It's all on his health. I, yep. I think if it's if it's if his health is there, it's there. If his right. if he can't, it's just 10 games in three years started with 16 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean. I don't know what to make of it, but, I mean, obviously you know you have a game-breaker in Kittle. Uh, they really like Pettis out there. And Goodwin's shown to be a, a, a deep ball threat. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, Garoppolo has some weapons that can make that happen. So, my, And my last note sort of echoes it. If he stays healthy, he could be a nice sleeper for this year. So, Yeah, I, I mean, ugh, to me, I think there's a lot of risk. and But... Uh, if you're a guy who work, who waits on quarterbacks, uh, we we both are those guys. Uh, we feel pretty comfortable waiting on QB uh, because I think you can find some diamonds in the rough. Like I think Mitchell Trubisky, if you took a flyer on him last season, I, I think he did pretty well in terms right. of fantasy production from your quarterback position. Right. Uh, if you're not getting one of these top tier guys, uh, like I, I would consider Russell Wilson one of those top tier guys, but you could wait on him. Um, I probably pulled the trigger uh, um, a, a little bit early on the guy from the Texans last season uh, in hindsight. Um, the Sean Watson's, but I think that you know if you wait a little bit, guys like this will probably fall for you. Um, just because I don't, I mean, Jared Goff is on everyone's radar. Um, so is Russell Wilson. Uh, Jimmy G, I think, is one of those guys that you know if you're going to draft two quarterbacks, uh, you could do a lot worse than kind of taking a flyer and stashing him on your bench and seeing how things kind of play out. I mean, if you time. pair him and Trubisky or him and Jameis Winston, I think you'd be okay because one of those two should hit. Right. And if not, I mean, there's always quarterbacks on the waiver wire. Even yep. In, I mean, we're in ten team leagues, so there's always somebody that you could turn to. Even in twelve team leagues, you can turn to somebody. So. Yep. Um, and the Cardinals, you know, we just there's nothing to really talk about. If if Rosen I mean, stays and they don't pick somebody, they're he might be a bottom five type of quarterback in this league. Yeah, it doesn't change my mind uh, if Rosen stays at all. It, it's not a situation where I think, oh, okay, well, Rosen's going to be there, so things are going to get better. Uh, no, I don't think that at all. Unfortunately, right? I uh, think it actually gets better if they pick Murray. Honestly, right? So I just, I mean, you saw how well it worked out for, uh, you know, Baltimore last year when they uh, put themselves in a situation that. You know, they, Lamar Jackson, he didn't have to do a lot. He, he didn't have to do a ton of work because he could, you know, if when plays broke down, he could rush. Uh, I think you get that with Kyler Murray a little bit. Uh, and also a pretty nice passing game, too. Right. I think he can pass uh, the ball really nicely. But, it, uh, I mean, uh, it's still a rookie. So I'm not I'm not drafting a rookie. Uh, quarterback <laughs> in my draft. I'll, I'll wait and see what happens because it's the deepest position in fantasy, I think. Exactly. Yep. So, Dan, defenses, how would you rank them in this division? Uh, I, I think it goes through L.A. again. Uh, L.A., I think, has the best defense. Uh, that d- defensive line was massive last season. Uh, our, our buddy Aaron Donald, big uh, – you know, contribution to the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, so it, it's a situation where I think it go, it starts and ends with LA. Right. And uh, after that, it, it's Seattle. Uh, I know they lost, you know, Earl Thomas and things like that, but I still think that's a nice team. 
Um, in terms of defense, I, I think they're going to be solid. Pete Carroll seems to always have solid defenses on his team. Right, regardless um, of talent. Right. So I, I think they'll figure it out. Um, but it's after that, uh, basically, uh, I think it goes actually Arizona than San Francisco. Boy, Dan, we're spot on again. I mean, uh, I agree completely with that list. Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, and 49ers. So I don't really get too much into the details because this is more of a fantasy-related podcast, but Rams' defense was hit or miss last year when on paper it looked like it should be dominant, but they still have elite talent all over the place with the defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, Eric Weddle. I mean, they just got the talent there where they can be dominant anytime they want to. So um, not worried uh, about them at all. Um, Seahawks, like you said, they were middle of the pack last year but still finished top 12 in sacks with 43. Uh, the Legion of I Booms. also like them because they play teams like Arizona and San Francisco and San Francisco. So yep. they were sneaky good fantasy picks last year, I thought. Yep. And I really like their linebackers with Bobby uh, Wagner and KJ Wright. So I know we have IDP spots. Bobby Wagner is always a guy I have my eye on. For yeah, that. so solid if you have an IDP spot for sure. Yep. Cardinals surprising finished fifth last year with uh, uh, the in sacks in the league. So they could really get to the quarterback. They have one of the best uh, defensive ends in the league with Chandler Jones. Uh, some questions I have is how would the loss of Tyron Matthew hurt them? And can Suggs still give them anything? Because if he, if he could give something with Chandler Jones, I mean, they could even get better in the sack department. And right. 49ers had a weird season where they finished 13 in total net yards allowed, but 28th in points per game allowed. So it really shouldn't – it doesn't seem to correlate. You know, you don't give up many yards, but – uh, 28th in points per game. So was that turnovers, just putting them in bad spots? I mean, who knows? Uh, they keep continuing in investing in the defense, uh, but I haven't really seen it pay off much, and it sounds right. like they're going to keep doing it. So um, not anything fantasy-wise that I'm really paying attention to in San Francisco for a, a defense this year. So Yeah, um, I think the one of the big issues with Arizona defensively, I think, is they're going to be put in a bunch of – they could potentially – be put in a lot of bad spots right uh because of the offense but I, I still think you know in fantasy in terms of defense you're looking for turnovers sacks uh things like that i, I think you get more of an opportunity for those plays uh out of arizona than you would in san francisco right i'm just thinking about san francisco remember how great their linebacking core was when it was uh, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that's right when we started really getting into IDP spots in our league of record, yeah. and it was, boy, you had either one of those two, you were just set in, in that position. Yeah, pretty so. happy. So, Dan, I think we both teased it, but I'm going to go ahead and give my biggest potential breakout, and mine is Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals. So reason I had him is had a nice finish to his year before going down injury so obviously he lost uh, you know the final quarter of the season with injury but from weeks 10 to 12 10 receptions 172 yards one touchdown remember that's with Josh Rosen as the quarterback so uh, Larry Fitzgerald's only signed for one more year there's really no other competition in Arizona's wide receiving course so I mean it's it's now for Christian Kirk to try and step up. He could become a focal point of this passing game. And like I said, I think really if they do take Kyler Murray, it's only going to help all assets of their offense. Right. Um, so I look at Christian Kirk because, I mean, he could be set up going two years from now to be the number one in, in, on this team if Larry Fitz decides to end his Hall of Fame career. So, I mean, it, it's a mix of things for me. Uh, but Christian Kirk is my p- biggest potential breakout for the NFC West. Dan, what say you? See, the, the only thing that worries me about Kirk is the fact that, you know, uh, I, there's quarterback uncertainty. Right. And I get that. And it's, it, it, you know, how can you say quarterback uncertainty is a problem uh, for you, Dan, when, you know, you're picking who you're picking? <laughs> and, it's, and it's Dante Pettis. Yep. Uh, I just – I. I I think that there's just so much opportunity for Dante Pettis on this team. Uh, you know, I, I'm not happy. I mean, I like Goodwin was a sneaky good pickup last, not last season, but two seasons. Right. Yeah. Uh, when, when he kind of just came out of nowhere and, uh, you know, kind of was like this, the speedster and was getting deep threats and, and was a deep threat and stuff like that. He was a little banged up. 
You picked them up um, off waivers, season. if I remember correctly, too. Yeah, right, I, I, yeah, I did. I grabbed them off waivers, and uh, actually he became a week-to-week starter for me right. um, because of what you were getting out of him in terms of deep threats and things like that. Right. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to turn into a – I mean, he was banged up this year, but I, I don't see him turning into like a Tyreek Hill type situation no. where – you know he's running the top off of defenses. I mean, you're going to get deep threat, deep hits from him here and there, uh, but but I think in terms of consistency, um, I think this is the year that kind of Pettis can step up. Kittle's there; he's going to get targets, he's going to get balls, but I think they need somebody in the wide receiver position to step up. Uh, this now he's going to have a, a ta- hopefully, if he can stay healthy, a, a more talented uh, quarterback who's going to get him. You know, a get him the balls regularly, but I mean, towards the end of the last season, uh, he went on. He a was really stepping up, yeah. Uh, week thirteen against Seattle, he had five receptions for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so I think he can bring stats like that into you know if he can kind of get on the same page with Jimmy G. I, I think those stats like that could potentially be a week to week thing. Uh, am I looking to draft him early on? Not really. Um, it's somebody who I probably would be comfortable taking, maybe at least not a super late flyer, but maybe in the sixth, seventh round, I'll, I'll start looking to see if he's there, right? And maybe see how long I can wait if, if I need to jump on him or wait. Um, but I think he's got some a huge potential for a breakout season. Uh, I think the running game is going to be a mess. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I think there's so many mouths to feed in the backfield uh, that I just don't think you're going to get a lot of production out of it. But I think that you have the opposite problem in the wide receiver core. There's not that many mouths to feed. Uh, so I think the beneficiary out of that is going to be Kittle. And the next guy in line is going to be Dante Pettis. Yeah, I really think Pettis is set up to be the number one there next year, honestly. For sure. Yeah, and as far as the running back, I know we're on breakouts, but yeah, depending on where you read, some people like Coleman as the one. Some people still like Breda as the one who showed out pretty good last year. Right. It sounds like McKinnon's taking a backseat, but he's going to be involved. So yeah, this I want to see how this plays. I, I don't see how they keep all five, but that's just me. So. Dan, let's close up with the biggest need for each team. And I want to start from the Rams. And, and really, I try to keep these all fantasy-related this week. Right. Sometimes I go more literal and research uh, You know what the local reporters are saying. This one I wanted to focus more on a fantasy-related. And to me, it's just bigger production from the tight end position. I mean, this team really doesn't need much of anything. But right. if they get any big production from the tight end i mean this could turn into i mean it was second best it could turn into the best offense in the league going into this year so and like i said i, I think that gerald Everett can has the ability to step up i mean there were weeks where i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna play him because the, the position is so weak uh fantasy yeah, wise dan i think we have him still on our roster in dynasty we did. He's, he's somebody you're willing to hold on to Oh, absolutely. Somebody I'm willing to hold on to just because of what offense he's in. Right. Uh, and I feel like the opportunity is there. There's opportunity there. If he can step up and, and do anything uh, similar to a, a couple of nice games he had last season, um, I think you're you're kind of in business in, that, in terms of that particular um, position. Right. Um, but – yeah, there wasn't a lot in terms of needs here. Uh, you've got a wealth of talent in the wide receiving core. Uh, you've got a top-notch running back. You've got a top-notch quarterback. Uh, they protected him well last season in terms of fantasy production. You know, biggest need, you know, in terms of offense, I agree with you, Bob. It's tight end, and they need someone to step up. And I think Everett can do that. Yeah, so Dan, let's move to the Seattle Seahawks. What's your biggest need for them going into next year? Uh, I mean, I, I think you need to get either one of these guys who's there needs to step up and be like how Doug Baldwin was a couple of years ago, or Tyler Lockett needs to be uh, step up and be a more consistent outside threat and, and consistently catch deep balls and be a legitimate fantasy threat. I think that's the big problem right now. Uh, the running game solid. The running back solid. Uh, I get tight ends not super good right now either. Uh, but I, I think what screams to me in this offense uh, in terms of where you're going to get more fantasy production is I think you can be a top flight tier wide receiver in this offense. Um, 
so I think that's what they need right now is a clear, clear wide receiver one, in my opinion. Yeah, Dan, you sort of teased on it. Mine was tight end help. Uh, I'll read off the tight ends around the team right now. Nick Vanette, Will Whistling Disley. Whistling Disley. And, and Ed Dixon. And I follow that with dot, dot, dot. Yep. So, nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you either attack the wide receiver core or get him a better tight end, one of those two are definitely a need for, for Seattle. So, I think we're on the same page here. You give Russell some more weapons is, is basically what it comes down to for me. Exactly. Dan, 49ers, uh, we sort of teased it. Um, can Dante Pettis be this? I think he's set up to at least attempt to be it, but I, I'd like to see them address really a true number one wide receiver. Um, it's, yeah. it's Pettis. It's Goodwin, like we talked about. If Pettis jumps into this, then they've solved their issue. If he doesn't, it's George Kittle as the one. So, um, you know, I, I just think a more defined number one wide receiver. And if it's Pettis, then they solved it. But right now, as it stands, I don't think they really have a true number one wide receiver. So I think that would be something that uh, I don't know if they'll necessarily get that through the draft either. But uh, if somebody can establish himself as the one, I think it's better for the offense because you've got somebody like Kittle that can take the pressure away from them uh, as they grow into that role. So that's my need for the 49ers. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Bob. Uh, although I do think Pettis probably can uh, fill that role, uh, I, I have some confidence that he will. Uh, you know, I think it's a situation where you can never really go wrong with a tough level. In fact, I, I, there was a part of me that thought AB could end up there, right? Yep. Um, when you know all the all that stuff was going on, but. Uh, to me, I, it, frankly, uh, I, I think they made their lives life more complicated uh, yeah. by picking up Tevin Coleman and, you know, not getting rid of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, so I get that they need a number one wide receiver. Um, I think they can probably answer that bell. I think they need one of these guys to, to just make a clear cut effort to take over the backfield. I know we're in like a in a year in the NFL where you have a clear two back system and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think it's it's just going to make like it's almost like you've got too many weapons. Like where, where's all where's it going to come from? Um, so I, I think some clarity there is probably where my I would like to see something go because right now I, I don't I don't feel confident starting anybody tight end. I mean not tight end wise, running back wise from uh, Seattle. I mean San Francisco at this point. Yeah, right now they're just going to vulture each other. Until yep. there's more clarity given to yeah, him, I mean, are, so. are you are you feeling good about playing any of those guys and, and anything other than maybe a flex play, depending on the, what the matchup is? No, I'm happy that we have Breda to see in Dynasty to see how it shakes out. But can right. we play him with any confidence? At least last year we played him with confidence because he was right. the guy for a majority of the season. But yeah, sure, I have no confidence as we stand today that I could play any of these guys. Well, the other thing is, is, is I mean, the good thing about having Breda in. Um, Dynasty is pretty nice trade bait, you know. Someone hurt for a running back. Uh, you've got Breda in your Dynasty league, and all of a sudden, uh, somehow, some way, he ends up on a uh, running back hungry team, and you're sitting pretty. Right. Uh, so I think there there's a lot of talent there. It's just odd to have that much talent sitting on one team. I mean, McKinnon was somebody who everyone was just in love with last season. Right. Uh, and, and then with the knee injury, uh, he didn't play. And now I think a lot of people are just like, uh, he's I don't done. know, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess he's uh, he's okay. And the team's like, yeah, we're keeping him around, I guess. And, you know, no one seems super thrilled about it. But uh, it, it's just so muddy there. Um and I would echo your your you know your true number one wide receiver here. I don't really know what to expect out of San Francisco this year. Um, there's so many unknowns in terms of quarterback uh, establishing a, a running game. I think the only true known fantasy asset is George Kittle. Right. Exactly. And Dan, I think we're gonna agree here. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals' biggest need is glaring its quarterback. Oh, I thought you were going to say right tackle. <laughs> <laughs> they could use an upgrade there too. No, not at all. You're 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 100 correct, and uh, I I don't know. It's to me, I guess Kyler Murray is the the answer. Um, 
but you know e- even now you're hearing they you know, they're not sure. even they're not sure who they're gonna take and they're not sure who they want and uh you know do you think there's I, any situation where they they trade back I, I think they're setting up a smoke screen to see if people that want kyler murray are willing to trade up to get him honestly right. i think they'll take him if they can't get out of there but i think they want to get out of there yeah i i, I don't yeah, but then who's the quarterback? I that's the yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's the problem. Yep. Is if it's if then you're going all in in Rosen. And... I was never a fan of him coming out. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't sit there and watch college football and study college football, but no. just from what I saw, I was not really big on him. Uh, I just I just wasn't and you know, it sort of showed last year he I mean, the offense wasn't great, but he wasn't great at all. So, I right. mean, he wasn't even good. So, right. I mean, it, and they, I think they were hoping that Bradford would have lasted longer than he did. Right. Um, I don't think they were expecting Rosen to, to have to play that early on and that much. Um, but to be honest with you, they should have just gone all in on it earlier than they did. Uh, I mean, it worked out for the Jets. Uh, so I honestly think it's going to work out for the Bills, too. It's going to work out for oh, the Ravens absolutely. in the long run. Yeah, I, I, mean. think it, I think it's one of those things is just give them the keys early on and see what happens. And uh, I mean, I hope I hope Josh Rosen gets another chance to play somewhere. I think he was just in a really bad spot right now. Yeah, and um, with, the, with the new coaching change, I mean, right. unfortunately, uh, he wasn't their draft pick. So that's he's at the mercy of what they feel like they think is best for their team. Right. And if Kingsbury has a choice of quarterback and he has somebody that thinks it's going to fit his system then yeah josh rosen could be looking to play somewhere else like with i mean he's been tied to washington as a possibility right. so yeah yeah, you never know oh boy washington <laughs> <laughs> talking about going oh, from a wasteland man. to a, it's a bigger wasteland right and you know you go to washington and now you're not even talking about it. okay well at least i've got larry fitzgerald to throw the ball to right um now i mean you're like your big weapon is josh doxson so woof. Yeah. I mean it's a situation where I'm I am not necessarily if I'm Josh Rosen, I'm not very uh, thrilled with the um, options that I have at this point. Yep. So Dan, that wraps up our two month long series doing our two thousand nineteen. Wow, two months? Yep, eight <laughs> episodes. So yeah, yeah, let's get ready for the draft now, baby. Yeah, we weirdly timed this thing out unintentionally. (laughs) It's just sort of as it kept falling, I'm like, whoa, this is going to run pretty much right into the draft. So I think it's cool that to see, okay, are any of these needs addressed uh, the way we think they need to be addressed? And if so, it's going to be cool to see how things progress. But yeah, uh, I think it was a good eight weeks of episodes really looking into what each team needs. And now once the draft happens, we'll be able to sort of see what needs are still out there. And if they were addressed, how does that impact them fantasy wise? So um, Dan, I think we're going to have to brainstorm. I don't have really a topic off the top of my head that we can move to next week, but I'm sure we'll brainstorm and find something to to move on to. I, I can tell you this. I know after the draft occurs, I, I think I want to do another mock draft here soon. Yeah, and then we'll get a little dynasty uh, action talk and all that good stuff too. Yep. I mean, it's one of those things is like the we're like, oh, the offseason is going to be so slow. This offseason was crazy. Uh, it was a situation where – you know, there was so much going on, so many moves taking place and things like that. So uh, it, it's there's been a lot of action and I'm sure we'll, we are going to we'll come up with something, Bobby. For sure. So, Dan, let's go ahead and close the show. So, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Feel free to email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash nottakesff. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash nottakesff. You can listen to us there. You can interact and follow us there if you'd like to listen through that platform. Uh, The great part about it is that it does provide links to all 12 platforms. So if you like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you get links directly there that you can subscribe on the platform of choice. Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts, like what we do, we'd appreciate 15, 20 seconds of your time to rate and review the show. Five-star ratings and reviews really help the show. We want to hear what you guys want from us, how we can get better, what you like, what you don't like. So 
Uh, give us that time of day, it'd be very helpful. And for any platform that you're on, just make sure to subscribe. Uh, as you saw over the past uh, two weeks, we've had to move shows around due to some conflict. So if you subscribe, you don't have to worry about that. You'll get it as soon as it drops. So Dan, let's close it out like we always do. Give a shout out to your brother Tom for his awesome intro. Yeah, the song is called Alma. It's been with us from the very beginning. From the from the, from the crickets. Big, yeah, from the from the frogs croaking in the background. That's right, so. the frogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, he's always putting out new music. Uh, it's produced, performed, all done by my brother. Uh, if you like what he's doing, check out his SoundCloud. He's at that dude Tom. Uh, like I said, he's he's always got new stuff coming out, and it's uh, same type of stuff, metal and and uh, just good tunes. So, a uh, big shout out to him for letting us use it and uh, the continued use, and uh, we'll keep enjoying it till the end here. Yep, thanks again, Tom. And once again, apologize if any background noise appears. I uh, just have no furniture here to, to block the noise, so my apologies on that. But uh, Dan, uh, recording the last time in my basement, uh, signing off from here. Hope you guys have a good Easter. I know you got family coming here shortly, so. Yep. Yeah, it's been a quite a run. Now we're going to go off to the new, uh, the new, you're going to go off to the new digs and. Uh, you know, enjoy that move, my man. Yep, we'll get a crack in next week this time. Until then, man, I will talk to you later. Later!